welcome back to another episode of Clone Yourself. My name's Sam Kaber, and I'm here to be your guide, to provide you with the tactics I've used in my own business that have allowed me to work less than four hours a day while increasing sales of my business year over year. Now, with this specific episode of Clone Yourself, I want to talk about subjective versus objective tasks. Because when we're first starting with virtual assistants, I think it's very important to set ourselves up by set ourselves up for success by tasking our VAs with simple tasks. I call these the the time-sucking, tedious tasks, the re-keying of information. And basically, my theory is there's two, there's more or less two types of tasks, right? There's the objective tasks that are black and white. They're either done correct or incorrect. It's either right or wrong, right? And then there's the subjective tasks that there's kind of room for interpretation. And what what's difficult here is sometimes you're going to have a tedious time-sucking task that isn't so much black and white. It's it's kind of subjective and each of us has these different types of tasks in our own business where we can um, identify those. But I know for me, I really look for the objective tasks when first working with VAs. I won't find the tasks that are both time-sucking and they're done correct or incorrect. And it's it's kind of leveling the playing field, right? If we're not used to working with VAs or if it's a new VA and they're not working, uh, they're not used to working with us and our habits and styles and preferences and all that type of stuff, we need to get to know each other, right? So let's make it easy as possible and set both of us up for success and leave little to no room for frustration. Because I mean, these employees are very similar. You know, there's obviously differences like an employee, you're going to usually have to find 40 hours worth of work at a minimum for them a week. And with VAs, luckily, you aren't committed to a certain set amount of hours. Uh, Employees, you're going to pay them benefits and sometimes PTO and all that type of stuff. VAs, you don't need to worry about that. But where employees and virtual assistants are similar are both are working within your business to help it grow. You know, I think it's very important that we don't think of VAs simply as outsourcing. And you will hear me say the words outsourcing and even delegate and things like that. But I mean, as an entrepreneur, I think that way, even when I did have employees, I thought about the tasks I was doing and I would use the mindset of delegating delegating it or outsourcing it to my employees. I mean, it's just, it's just a word, right? But the point is VAs and employees are both doing tasks within your business to help it grow. When you hire a new employee, there's going to be growing pains. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts. And it's the same thing as hiring a virtual assistant. I mean, if we're dreaming if we think we can just hire a VA and they know what we're thinking and they're going to just get the work done because that's not how it works with employees where these people usually are in your office and you're meeting with them, you know, face to face and you have formal training programs and even new employees make mistakes. So, of course, our virtual assistants are going to make mistakes. And that's why we're going to level the playing field by getting started with simple, objective tasks that are done either correct 
or incorrect. Okay, so at this point, you might be thinking two things. Either one, you're raising your hand and you go, light bulb, this totally makes sense. I already know a ton of objective tasks that I can have my virtual assistant um, do for me, which I always say this, I don't like the mindset of do for me, yet I say it. Think of do with us, you know, because they're a part of your team. Even if it's employees, this is a bit of a tangent, but I think, you know, sometimes we get in this mindset of do for me, and it's selfish thinking. And I have this other podcast called Soul Seeker about uh, mindfulness and spirituality. So I'm really trying hard to not say that. Anyways, let's go back to what I was saying. The other thing you might be thinking is like, okay, objective tasks, uh, correct or incorrect. I get it. I get it. But can you give me some examples? So that's what I'm here for, to give you some examples. So for example, I like to talk about things that I do a lot. So hopefully you can relate to these, but I know you, you believe in blogging. So I think you'll be able to relate to this one. We should all be blogging pretty regularly, right? Would you agree? Anyways, I think the blog itself, it's a very subjective task because it requires a bit of artfulness. I don't believe in ghostwriting or outsourcing your create, your creativity because I think it's the content that we produce that is part of our secret sauce. You know, you're really getting your tribe, your followers, your customers, your potential clients, etc., into the mind and really getting to know you when you're writing or doing a podcast or doing a video or any sort of content to simply just look at content marketing and say, oh, I'm going to outsource that I think is the wrong way to go about it. So having said that, writing the blog itself is the subjective task. It's something that requires a bit of artfulness. So let's not hire a VA to write your blog. However, that doesn't mean the whole process of blogging needs to be done by you. What I do is I write my blog in a Google Doc. You know, I go somewhere, whether it's in nature or just outside the office because I don't like writing an office or I don't like writing a blog in an office. It just doesn't inspire creativity for me. But I'll, I'll take my laptop and I'll write my blog and then I'll go revisit it later and do some edits. From there, I send the blog to one of my graphic designer VAs and let them do the design. Now, I'm going to stop and pause for each part of this and give you an idea of how everything works and where the subjective tasks are and where the objective ones. When I have such a good relationship with my graphic design VA, we've been working together for over three years. She, she, we, we have it dialed in. So at this point, I don't need to give her too much directions. We have a consistent look and theme. So she creates a design, and nine out of ten time, nine out of ten times, um, I don't need to give her edits uh, on the design she creates because we're already in sync. Now, having said that, that is a subjective task to ask her to create a design the way I do it. Because I say, hey, here's the title of the blog. Feel free to skim it over. Um, just please create something that you know fits within our theme. If you're working with a new 
virtual assistant where you guys don't really know each other too much and you're testing the waters. Hopefully you have some sort of brand guidelines so you can give your uh, graphic design via a brand guideline so they get an idea of your branding or maybe you send them prior images um, of what you've done in the past for blogs or maybe you are extremely descriptive and you say, hey, these are the colors I want to use. This is the text I want to use. Here's the image I want to use. You know, please do it this way. That's leaning towards objectivity because you're giving very clear instructions. However, it's not an exact process. So there's still room for interpretation, which makes it a subjective task. So depending on where you're at on the VA journey, when you're blogging and you're working with VAs to do the design for your blog, it might be a little advanced. So now let's move towards the next step. When I have the blog written and it's edited, ready to be published on my website, and I have the image. I don't actually go into WordPress and Medium and LinkedIn to post these blogs. I ask a different virtual assistant to go in and do that for me. And this is what I call the reeking of information. The reeking of information is an extremely objective task. You're either doing it right or you're doing it wrong. You're basically saying, hey, here's my website, here's the login, here's the password, here's the blog post, just go in and upload it and schedule it to be done. It's either done correct or incorrect, and this is the perfect type of task that a new virtual assistant could do for you. So basically, the re- you might be thinking also like, hey, that doesn't take that long to do, but what I like to do is batch my blogs where I might write five in a row, and then you know it's time to edit them, and I'll edit them, do all that, I'll get the images, all that, and then to go in to WordPress and upload them is sometimes it's tricky, even with the formatting, with the titles. Sometimes it looks kind of weird, so I don't want to deal with that. I mean, that that whole thing, uh, uploading five blogs to WordPress, then uploading them to Medium, and then uploading them to LinkedIn as an article, that whole thing, that can take a while. So I much prefer to send that out to a virtual assistant so that they can be doing that objective task that is just tedious and time sucking. So I can focus on creating more content because that's where my strength is at and that's the secret sauce, right? So that's just a quick example on how you can get started in blogging with a virtual assistant with a objective task that is either done correct or incorrect. Now here's the thing. I would start with one blog. Have your VA do that first blog and then ask them to send you an update afterwards. We went over this in previous pods about the canned email when hiring VAs for new jobs. And um, go back to that pod. I think it was episode five or six. I'm not sure. But I'll link to it in show notes or go to cloneyourselfu.com slash three ways. That's in the show notes as well. And the reason why I'm telling you to go there is because if you go to cloneyourselfu.com slash three ways, you'll get an email template I use when I hire virtual assistants. And it basically says something along the lines of high virtual assistant name. And then you talk about the task, whatever it is. And then you say, please don't spend more than XYZ hours on this. And please let me know if you can get it done by XYZ date. And the purpose of this is 
to d- upload one blog staying with a specific example, that shouldn't take them more than 10 to 20 minutes. Tops, tops, tops. Like seriously, it shouldn't even take that long, right? And it's a pretty simple thing to get done. So we want to make sure that they're getting it done on a timely manner and they're both in the amount of time it takes them to get done and their turnaround time and that they're doing it in the way that you both agreed to. So staying with this example, if your VA did that task and it took them an hour to upload it to WordPress, then you know that's not the VA for you, right? Or if it took them two weeks to complete it when they said one week, you know that's not the VA for you. Or Maybe they did it within the time uh, range you guys set and it was within the date you asked for it to complete, uh, to it be completed by that they agreed to, but there are just a few minor tweaks. Maybe there was just like a layout thing, like the formatting wasn't exactly how you want it. Well, that's actually okay. I, I would still work with this VA because, you know, you can teach that. You can teach them how to do the formatting, but you can't really teach how someone handles themselves in terms of the amount of time it takes them and if they're keeping up with their word. So then these are the types of growing pains why I say tiny tasks lead to big projects because if you give them all five at once and say they do stick to the time range and the date that you guys agreed upon well if they did it wrong for whatever reason something was incorrect since it is an objective task you can teach them to do it the correct way so just start off small start with objective tasks not subjective so that you guys can get started on the right foot And that is, my friends, the difference between subjective and objective tasks and why I believe we should get started with objective tasks that are done either correct or incorrect. So that's it for this episode. I know it was a shorter episode, but we don't need to go on and on about the differences between subjective and objective tasks. I mean, it's pretty clear what the difference is. But having said that, I think it's extremely important to not let this message be overlooked. And also, I want you to start visualizing yourself building out your systems with your virtual assistants. And we can only build out systems if we start small and if we start with things that are going to put us on the right foot, you know, where we don't get discouraged. So seriously, please start with the objective tasks so you don't have a bad first taste or second, third, fourth taste if if you're trying VAs again. Uh, because it didn't work out in the past. I'm here to set you up with success. And if you follow these tips, then you surely will have success. If you have any questions at all, feel free to hit me up. You can find my email in the show notes and the link to my calendar as well. I'm offering a special 15-minute free strategy call because I do want you to have success. So please take me up on that. And thank you so much for taking the time to invest in yourself and your business now. I know that your future self, sipping drinks on the beach is already thanking you. You can do this. I'll catch you on the next episode. Until then, remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint.